No doubt about it. I mean, basically, they contaminated the jury pool to begin with. Their only chance was to get a rogue runaway jury, and they did everything possible to do that. Then they corrupted the criminal trial process. They have been lying and libeling Kyle for over a year now. They suborned perjury. They tried to suborn perjury. They obstructed justice. They engaged in substantial and significant and material misconduct. And it's now up to the Wisconsin Office of Lawyer Regulation to take disciplinary action against Prosecutor Binger for this politicized prosecution that never should have been brought in the first place as a unanimous jury declared today in declaring Kyle not guilty because he was always not guilty. Now, Andrew, over uh, on your favorite network, MSNBC, a former uh, U.S. attorney wants um, to essentially gut self-defense laws. Watch. There are so many state laws and some federal laws that need to be looked at when we talk about how vigilantes are using self-defense in a way that's really unprecedented, that allows a person who comes to a fight, who starts uh, a deadly encounter to still claim self-defense. Now, Andrew, (laughs) now the Second Amendment, what she's really saying is the Second Amendment used by anyone other than, I guess, a left-wing protester is going to be resulting in homicide, right? It should just be completely gutted and done away with. Well, many lawyers don't actually know very much about use of force law, and clearly she's among that group. Uh, Use of force law is very common across the United States. There are not states, including Wisconsin, that have unusual uh, self-defense laws. They're boringly similar from state to state because it's very old law. It's law that's hundreds of years old. It goes back to ancient English common law, which we adopted when we became an independent nation. It, it's, it just doesn't vary very much. There's nothing surprising about it. It's my area of expertise, and I often tell people it's not rocket science, folks. It's not that hard to master. I mean, Robert, what they really mean, I think, and what they really believe is that you should have to be shot or beaten with a skateboard, or beaten with a bat, or beaten with a, 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 you know, a tire iron. If you're in a situation in a left-wing protest, and you happen not to agree with the protesters, that you Precisely. cannot defend yourself. I mean, that's what they're exactly. saying, essentially. That's exactly what they're saying. They're saying if you have the wrong politics, you have no Second Amendment right of self-defense. And it's important to recognize the United States Supreme Court has said the Second Amendment is about the right of self-defense. Kyle is one of the sweetest, most innocent, most idealistic kids I have ever had the privilege of representing. He is someone who went down there to help that night, not to hurt anybody. A riotous mob, a group of criminal sociopaths, infiltrated a protest to try to engage in criminal behavior. And the only reason it wasn't worse that night is because Kyle exercised self-defense. They targeted him because of his innocence, because of his idealism. And that's what they put on trial. If they could have convicted Kyle Rittenhouse in Kenosha, nobody had self-defense anywhere. And what the jury vindicated today is our most sacred constitutional rights, not just the liberty of Kyle Rittenhouse. Now, it looks like they're pushing for some type of federal uh, follow-up to this acquittal. Would there be any possible justification for that under the circumstances? Yes or no? No. Zero. No chance at all. In fact, the FBI already investigated and decided there was no basis to bring any federal charges here at all. You agree, Andrew? Absolutely. And I'm really, I think the, the, the lesson we need to take away from this is, I mean, thank God that Kyle got acquitted. A great day for America. The only thing that could have made today better 
was if Prosecutor Binger had been compelled to hand Kyle his rifle back with the magazine with 22 rounds left on the courthouse steps. That would have been fantastic. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't make that happen. But the real problem here, the, the message moving forward, I really think, is we need to do something about this unlimited discretion that prosecutors have to bring charges, felony charges, life in prison without possibility of early release charges in cases where it's obviously self-defense. It's not even a close call. They have no chance, absent a runaway jury, from getting a conviction, but they'll punish you through the process itself. We have to have a mechanism to hold these rogue prosecutors who are making these politically motivated persecutions of self-defense cases, hold them accountable, make them have some skin in the game. They lose something personally if they lose that case. Robert, um, do you have any doubt in your mind that if Kyle Rittenhouse was not armed that night and he also tried to step in, um, that he would have been killed? Is there any doubt in your mind? No doubt at all. They planned on killing him that night and they wouldn't have stopped with Kyle. There would have been an actual active shooter that night uh, if but for Kyle protecting himself. He didn't just protect himself that night. He protected other innocent lives in Kenosha. The role of the media um, is something that all of us uh, focused on from the very beginning because it helped fuel the misinformation about this case from the very beginning. Well, it continued today with attacking the judge. Watch. What did shock a lot of people is the behavior of judge, of just the judge. And I want to make this clear to anyone out there, you know, legal Twitter or legal commentary. There is not a prosecutor on the planet. OK, Johnny Cochran mixed with McCoy from Law and Order couldn't win a case when you have a judge behaving in this particular way. Andrew, um, what's amazing is how little these commentators on television know about uh, actual litigation courtroom practice and, you know, members of the bar and jurists. They, they almost, some of the, have they ever stepped in a courtroom? I don't know. It doesn't I, sound I doubt like it. it. I mean, th this judge was overwhelmingly favorable to the prosecution. This ridiculous gun charge that was not dismissed until the, the day of closing arguments or the day the jury was instructed it should. I did my analysis on that gun possession charge the week after this event happened. It was plainly inapplicable. It should have been dismissed any time during that 14 months before the trial happened. Was never going to apply. Ultimately, didn't apply, of course. But this judge doesn't like to make decisions. He he likes to defer decisions and hope the problem will go away, like many people naturally do. Uh, he did that with all the motions for mistrials with prejudice, one, two, three, sequentially that the defense presented. And he was like, well, let's wait a few days and see. Maybe the right. jury will come back with an acquittal. And he just doesn't, he's a judge who doesn't like to exercise his judgment. Um, and that was to the detriment of the defense in this case. Gentlemen, thank you. You both are amazing. Thank you so much.